We often enjoy reading miraculous accounts in the Bible, and Christians all over the world have experienced God's divine intervention in prayer. Why then do the secular media continually try to explain away miracles and God's Word? To say that miracles never happen or that miracles are not possible, as the scientific establishment claims, is the same as saying that there is no God. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. We know through Scripture that our God is able to do anything. Jeremiah 32.17 says, Ah, Lord God, behold, Thou hast made the heaven and the earth by Thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for Thee. So why are great miracles like the sun standing still and Christ's bodily resurrection from the dead constantly being challenged by television and print media and by science in general? Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we discuss how the world keeps explaining away the miracles of God. Dr. Donald DeYoung is a science professor at Grace College in Indiana. He tells us that miracles in Scripture served several purposes. In the Old Testament, they show God's power over nature. This encouraged the faith of the chosen Israelite people. Miracles are also symbols of God's presence and leading, as in the burning bush when God spoke to Moses. In the New Testament, miracles authenticated Jesus' claims to be the Messiah. His healing miracles also declared his love and compassion for all people. Yet, many scientists scoff at this. In modern times, some skeptics have rejected biblical miracles. They suggest that in early pre-scientific days, people did not understand natural phenomena, or perhaps they exaggerated natural events. However, the point is, miracles are not natural. They're a divine intervention of known natural laws. Dr. Henry Morris is founder of ICR and author of a brand new book called Miracles. Modern science, for the most part, just denies the possibility of miracles. Science must, uh, of necessity, be naturalistic, explain everything in terms of the natural laws and processes of nature. Well, to say that miracles never happen or that miracles are not possible, as the scientific establishment claims, is the same as saying that that there is no God. If God does exist, he certainly can intervene in his created laws and processes if it's his will to do so. Kent Hovind, founder and director of Creation Science Evangelism in Florida, agrees. The term science in their mind means only that which is naturalistic. So they're really trying hard to get rid of the miraculous in in all realms of science. If I asked you to explain how a computer came to be, but you cannot use man as your answer, I want a purely naturalistic explanation for how these components came together. Well, I've already excluded the only obvious answer by my definition. And that's what they're doing with science, and that's why they're just so much against miraculous things like creation. They've limited themselves by their own definition of science. Jim Stambaugh is a theology professor at Michigan Theological Seminary. He says the idea of naturalism just keeps going in circles. You can just simply ask a person, well, where did all these things come from? And they will simply respond with cause and effect. Well, you have in philosophy what's called infinite regression. It is recognized by everyone as an absurdity. In other words, you can't keep going back to the chicken and the egg. Which one came first? Well, obviously the chicken came first. And so it is here with reduction to absurdity. Is at one point in time you have to have a stopping point. You know, otherwise you just keep going back and back and back and it's just ludicrous. You can't talk that way. Dr. DeYoung. All attempts fail to discredit or mythologize Bible miracles. 
natural explanations are hopelessly inadequate. God established the laws of nature, and only He can lay them aside for His own purposes. Miracles remain as clear indicators of God's complete control over nature. So why do the secular media and the conventional scientific community feel the need to try and constantly disprove the Bible? Dr. Morris. I would say that the reason why they want to explain away the miracles, they do not want to submit themselves to God. They're men of intelligence and pride, and they are convinced that they can explain everything in the universe without recourse to God, and they resent those who try to interject God into science. Jim Stambaugh. In the Bible, in Romans chapter 1, Paul says categorically that every person knows God exists. They don't like him because he is this person who is holy, and unfortunately we are not. And so what they have to do is they have to squeeze God out of their mind. They want to keep the idea of God as far from them as they can get because they want to live and run their own life the way they see fit. They want no one, especially a God, to tell them this is right and this is wrong. And, of course, as we look around the world, I mean, that makes perfectly good sense. You know, we have people who are defying laws all across this country having homosexual marriages because they don't like the law. And often that's how we are. We, by nature, run from God. Kent Hovind. It's the same technique Satan has always taken. In the Garden of Eden, he's, he's going to say, Yea, hath God said, are you sure? He always tries to raise doubts. And then, once he gets you to doubt that God did it, then he deifies mankind. He said, uh, you know, ye shall be as gods. That's what evolution's all about. You know, I doubt God did it, so hey, we must be in charge. That's humanism. Satan's tactic has not changed in 6,000 years. So how can we tell when an event is an actual miracle? Dr. Morris says there are two main criteria for judging this. One is that there's good solid evidence of a real substantial objective nature that it happened and not just hearsay. And secondly, that there is a a real purpose for God to intervene and to perform the miraculous because God's laws are good laws and there's no reason to intervene in them unless there's some special reason. But if those two criteria are satisfied then there's no reason why it can't be true. And I think that those two criteria are abundantly satisfied in all the miracles of the Bible. But what about so-called miracles happening today? We don't need to just be uh, credulous about miracles whenever anybody claims there's a miracle. We don't want to just be foolish about it. In fact, there's such a thing as counterfeit miracles. Satan and his forces can perform what seem to be signs and wonders, But if they don't honor the Word of God and exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, then you need to have serious doubts about them. So I think real miracles are quite rare, except uh, answers to prayer. And every believing Christian knows that God answers prayer oftentimes in very unusual and striking ways, and sometimes so much so that one could almost call it a miracle. There are so many miracles recorded in God's Word. Let's look at just a few that the secular world has tried to disprove. Dr. DeYoung. Joshua 10, 12-14 tells the story of a day when the sun and time stopped. The Israelites were fighting the Amorites in Canaan. During the battle, Joshua prayed for the sun and moon to stop so he would have extra daylight to finish the task. 
Scripture records that this prayer was answered. The sun delayed going down about a full day. The very objects in the sky that the Amorites worshipped fought against them. Dr. Morris, who many people would deny that ever happened, try to explain it way some naturalistic way. God could do it, and the evidence is sufficient that he did. Not only is the account there in the Bible, but there are many other records uh, in the ancient annals of nations all over the world that this really happened. And there are stories about a long day from many nations in the East and a long night from many nations in the West. And I think one can make that kind of a argument about all the other biblical miracles. All of them had a purpose. All of them have good evidence. Just being in the Bible is enough of an evidence. Dr. DeYoung. As with all miracles, it's futile to speculate with scientific theories. All of these explanations fall far short of the statement that there has never been another day like the one described. The conclusion is clear. We know that God could have refracted the light or slowed the Earth's rotation or stopped the entire universe, all with equal ease. The sun standing still in the midst of an important battle was not the only miracle associated with Joshua. Another Old Testament miracle involves the collapse of the walls around the city of Jericho. Joshua 6 describes how Joshua and the Israelites marched around the city once each day for a week. Then on the seventh day, trumpets were blown and the walls of this great city crumbled. Critics have worked overtime to explain what really happened. Some say that Israelites secretly pulled bricks out of the wall while no one was looking. Others suggest resonant vibrations from the footsteps or the trumpets somehow shook the wall loose. But of course a large wall, many feet thick, would have a vibration frequency much less than footsteps or trumpet sounds. Whatever method God used to bring down the wall, it was clearly a miracle. In the New Testament, we read of the many miracles that Christ performed during his earthly ministry. In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus feeds over 5,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fishes. In Matthew 15, he feeds over 4,000 people with seven loaves and a few little fishes. So, how did he do it? Dr. DeYoung. Skeptics conclude that thousands of people actually had lunches with him, hidden in their pockets. They then felt guilty about this and started sharing with each other. A critic once suggested to me that the seven bread loaves in Matthew 15, verse 34, were probably economy size, large enough to feed everyone. Well, there were more than 4,000 people present. I calculate that if each person consumed a half pound of bread, then each loaf weighed about 300 pounds, and if round, was as big around as a baseball field. These were gigantic loaves of bread. Actually, of course, Jesus supernaturally multiplied a few small pieces of bread. And Dr. Morris reminds us of a certain miracle that is most vital to every one of us. Of course, the greatest of all miracles was the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The evidence for the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ after being three days in the tomb which is overwhelming. We don't have the time on this program to discuss all those evidences, but many volumes have been written detailing the, the evidence for the resurrection so that some great historians and scientists and lawyers have all maintained that this is the best proved fact of all ancient history. And the Lord Jesus demonstrated his power over death so that we could live forever. Jim Stambaugh. There is a God who exists who sent his Son 
Jesus Christ died on the cross for each and every one of us, and that when we put our trust in him, at that point, all the hostility between us and God disappear. And if there's someone who's listening to this recording who has never put their faith and trust in Christ, I would encourage you to do that today because it makes the most sense in light of everything that we see around us. Jesus is exactly who he said he was. In the Old Testament, the people were told that if a prophet comes, he will do miracles to confirm the message. Jesus performed the miracles confirming his message. His miracles attest to who he really was. He was God in human form who paid the infinite sacrifice for you and me. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation at Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.